with your host, Juice One. Legendary Chris One Two on. I don't even. I wish I had some some fresh way to describe all of this equipment you have over here because it just looks like the control station to like the Starship Enterprise or something. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is the Starship. For sure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've been away for a little while, but we are back, and we have a very fantastic guest at Mike Check. Um, I, I've been in Denmark for five years. And I've been getting to know a lot of people in the music scene and a lot of really dope artists are here, a lot of great producers. Uh, but but the, the singers, there's only really a few really, really good singers, I think. And this young lady who came here today is, I think, one of the best singers I've ever met. So, oh, now she's gonna get all shy. <laughs> but for those of you who are listening, welcome the lovely and talented Miss Ayo Angelica to Mike Check Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> if you could hear my heart right now, it's really beating oh, quick. No. <laughs> oh, I'm touched already. Oh, oh we're starting uh, off with, with good emotions. Good uh, emotions. Plenty of them. <laughs> um, so, Ayo, uh, first of all, thank you for joining us. Thank you um, for inviting me. Of course, of course. Uh, you were one of the first names that came up when we started to think about about who we're gonna have on, so I'm really glad we could finally get you to come through. I know you got a you got a busy schedule, you know, like most recording artists, you got a, a lot of gigs to run around. Yeah. What uh, what, what have you been up to lately? Because I know you you're playing some shows and you're, yeah, you're getting out there a lot right now. Yeah, actually, I've been playing concerts with a Danish rapper called Piavas, who's one of my favorite band buddies. <laughs> we're touring around Denmark right now. I'm sort of his uh, female feature. Uh huh. Um. We've been playing, uh, I think, six concerts or so. We've, we'll play for the rest of May and June as well. It's great. Good. Really having a good time. Good, good, good. And then I'm sort of working on a solo project as well. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. I am. That's what we like to hear. It yes. Ta- it takes time. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of yeah. course. But uh, I got my own little setup at home, studio setup. Uh-huh. Nothing compared to this, Mr. Chris want to, but nothing can compare to this. But I've got uh, a nice microphone and a couple of monitors so I can work on my own demos at home. Right. Yeah. There you go. That's what you need. A little exactly. setup, you can do what you need to do. You don't have to depend on anybody else to come out and set anything up, nothing like that. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that. And I'm wondering, um, like, you know, for for this solo project, I mean, you know, there's a lot of fans, I'm sure, out there that that are, are excited to hear that. I'm excited to hear that. Mm. What um what are you trying to do? I mean, is it gonna be a jazz album or is it gonna be hip hop? Is it gonna be I mean we're we're it's 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 um I don't know yet actually because I you know I've been I grew up with loads of jazz and gospel and soul and Motown mm-hmm. so I I I I feel like those are my roots yeah, but sure. uh, but right now I'm you know I'm working with Pia who's into hip hop and he's taught me a lot about it and uh, all of a sudden it feels very natural to me to to sing on top of the you know hip hop beats. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I do enjoy just regular pop music. Just you know, yeah, sure. I, I really like that as well. So I'm, I would like to combine all of it, but I think no matter what sort of music I do, the soul and the jazzy vibes will always be there. I, right. You know, is 
I, I can't, you know, let go of it. Yeah. And I don't want to. You don't. Please don't. No, no. Please don't. That's, that's good roots to have. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, let me let me rewind back a little bit. I mean, you've been singing for a while now. Yeah, I have. Maybe I, I could just get a little bit of how you, how you got started in this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I think I've been singing for as long as I can remember. I, I don't have a single memory from my childhood without any music. So I think... Well, my parents always say that, uh, you know, I started singing the, the day I started speaking. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's true enough, but that's what they say. Um, my name is spelled uh, A-Y-O-E, which is only, uh, what's it called, vowels? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, vocals? Yeah, 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 vowels. They call it, yeah, yeah, vowels. Yeah. And my father, he wow. keeps saying that that's the reason why I started singing, because, you know, the vowels are very vocally yeah, I, yeah, I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense in in, um, in English but um, yeah so I've always been singing and uh, it felt very natural to me and uh, I think when I was 12 years old I know 13 or 14 actually I discovered that that my voice was um, uh, over average uh, okay. it's difficult to say that yeah, in Denmark yeah, because yeah. of the Yenderlo you know but but we should talk about we, that, we have to talk about that but I, I hate Yenderlo and I wish it didn't exist because I think it's important to to know what you're good at and know what you're not good at and right. you know but but I, I always sang but I didn't know that I was very good at it I just did it because I didn't know how not to sing. Mm. So when I was 14 years old, I played at a concert, a local concert, and um, we were four girls singing, and the three other girls, they sang before me, and then when I sang, everybody was just clapping way louder, and <laughs> the applause just wouldn't stop. Wow. And everybody got over and said, hey, Ayo, that's amazing. Then I said, well, yeah, thank you, but the other girls were amazing too, right? And they said, yeah, they were, but you are something special. And I remember that day, uh, you know, now it's almost 14, 13 years ago. I went home that night after the concert thinking, well, maybe, maybe I am really good at it. Mm. Uh, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I recorded my first demo a couple of weeks after that and uh, wow that yeah quick. yeah it was actually after that concert people they just really loved it and then um some guy who had a studio in our in our town he went over and said oh, i'd like to record something with you so that's what we did it was all demos i recorded a natural woman aretha franklin yeah. or, it is actually carol king who wrote it but i recorded that song um, wow! Yeah, and everybody loved it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was good fun. Jumping right into Aretha and Carol King, man. God yeah. damn! <laughs> <laughs> but that was the kind of music I knew from back home. Right, so yeah, right. um, yeah. And then uh, I just from then on, I just knew that I had to do something with the music. When I was 19 years old, I got my first uh, record deal. I lived in Yulan. What, and what part of you? Where did you grow up? In uh, Yulan, a little t a little town called uh, Velling. It's like, it's a teeny town, <laughs> but it's very close to Silgevo. So it's sort of like the middle of the center of Yulan. Okay. Very nice place. Okay. Yeah. So I just, you know, I sang all through my teenage years. And then uh, when I was 19, yeah, 19 years old, I, I got a phone call to my to my parents' house. That's where I lived. 
my father picked up the phone and uh, and then he called my name saying, "Hey, Io, somebody wants you. It's Blue Note, and that's Blue Note. That that's the biggest jazz label in the world. And I've always wanted Blue Note to call me. So I went over to the. <laughs> but it, it wasn't. It, no, it was. It wasn't Blue Note. He was just kidding me. <laughs> no, no, no. He was just kidding me. But how could he do it? Because he knew that was my biggest dream to get this phone call from Blue Note. But it wasn't. It was just my sister, my older sister, who was at a bar chatting with some producer. Uh, and that producer uh, is called Mess. Mm. And um, she was, my sister and him were chatting. And then she said, well, my sister can sing. And then he said, well, I'm a producer. I'm looking for new talents. Uh, and that's sort of how I, you know, I went to Copenhagen. I got, I got to know Mess and, and uh We worked together for three or four years and re we recorded two albums. He's the one wow. who's produced my two albums. Wow. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah, that's how it happened. I was very lucky because I, you know, I just lived in Yilan and I just right. recorded my demos. And then all of a sudden this guy, he wants to to produce two albums for me. And that's crazy. And teach me how to write songs. So that was, wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good start because for, for a lot of the people that work in the music business, They they do everything in their power to try to get the attention of record producers or executives, or they try to you know send in a demo. I mean that's the classic thing. You're sending your demo tape to every yeah exactly. you know, label you can find an address for. Yeah. And uh, and and you literally are just at home, and your yeah. sister's out at a bar, yeah. runs into a guy. Yeah, that's amazing. Some I was albums later. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I feel very blessed. I feel so lucky, and that's sort of been. Sometimes I'm afraid to say it out loud, but it has been the story of my career so far. People, they call me up or they text me and I just, I don't, I, I hope this will never stop. I feel so, I, I feel so blessed. Yeah, yeah but that's, yeah. I think that's a, that's a combination of, first of all, you're good at what you do. Yeah, right? I try. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you, you have to know. I mean, it's like we could talk about this whole Yenda Law thing because it really is yeah. crazy. People like doubt themselves or like don't want to get too... I don't know, like, there's, there's there's a difference between being, you know, really cocky and arrogant and just mm. having, you know, confidence, having, mm. you know, like a healthy level of confidence. Exactly. And Yentelow seems to, like, pre prevent people from achieving, like, even just a healthy level of confidence without mm -hmm. being kind of dragged back down into the bucket without, ah, oh, you're not anything special and... Mm. Uh, and, I've, and I've seen it I thought it was such a weird I, I, people have tried to explain it to me over the years because I mean we don't really we don't really have that in the states or no. if we if we do it's we don't have a word for it like mm -hmm. that but it's like a really specific kind of condition yeah in, uh, in Scandinavian society I guess it's not just Denmark it's kind of all over maybe a little yeah. more pronounced in Denmark yeah, yeah it's know. terrible it's terrible it really is so aside from being good at what you do the other thing is And this is one of my favorite things about Copenhagen. It's like, if you if you can just get yourself out there a little bit, like, I feel like this is a great city to, to network and make connections in. Yeah. And if you're good at what you do and you get to know some people, it's gonna something's going to happen. Mm. Something's going to happen for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I was even, just before we started up, I was kind of talking about how uh, I was able to get started with some work here. And it really is. It's just, it's just making connections. It's mm -hmm. just contacting somebody or somebody contacting you and then when you get that shot you do the best job you can yeah and you be nice as well and you be nice to people. that's one of the really important things yeah. i learned that because 
I've worked with some talented people who just weren't very nice. Mm. And then you'd rather work with the less skilled ones if they behave. Yeah. That's how I feel yeah, at yeah, least. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You've had some pretty big opportunities um, come by. I mean, I last year I remember seeing you on Eurovision Song Contest yeah. on television. Yeah. That was and, great uh, fun. I mean... <laughs> 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 for, for, okay, for people in the States that, that might be listening to this that don't realize how enormous that is, that's like, uh, like ima- imagine American Idol, but like, I don't know, for the whole continent, for the whole world or something. Yeah. It's gigantic. Yeah, I think it's the biggest musical show on TV, at least. I don't know how many million pe- viewers. I think like 180 million viewers. Does that sound realistic? I that, think. That sounds. I, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's quite a lot. <laughs> it is. That's but, crazy, but that's a huge, huge. That's a big deal. I mean, that's a huge deal. It was good fun. It was very nice, but it wasn't as good as uh, singing my heart out on a hazy jazz club or something. Wow. I like that way better. Wow. I like that. Way. Wow. But. <laughs> So let me just let me just find out how this how this even happened because you know that like this is a massive television event and you were you were there and the only reason I actually heard that you were there was because uh, you had to like make kind of a choice between doing that or possibly a different gig yeah with some very good friends yeah and. That- I mean, but you can you can talk about it. More that later. was a really tough decision. Well, I was uh, the other gig was uh, Pervers, my good buddy, yeah. uh, who had a release uh, concert. He was releasing an album that I had uh, that I had helped him uh, sort of write and record, and um, <laughs> and then there was a Eurovision thingy. And at the Eurovision, I had nothing to do with the actual song. I was just there as sort of part of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why. I, I think the reason why I took the Eurovision thingy was that it was just sort of once in a lifetime thing. Right. I'd never get to do anything like this again. Yeah, right. It was historical. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so I went for that. And it, it was good fun. It was, it was just something to cross off your bucket list. <laughs> I, I got the opportunity to go again this year and actually I passed. You turned I, it down. I turned it down because I wanted to be with Pierre. Wow. Bass. Yeah. Pierre, did you hear that, Pierre? Yeah. He was he was very touched. I, I don't know if I think he was touched, but I'm sure he appreciates it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hope so. Um but the thing is I had promised Pierre to be there at the concerts first and I, I really want to be uh, loyal and just want to you know stick to my promises yeah, yeah. even though I lost a lot of money <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I could have I could have played on a huge <laughs> huge stage but uh, I've been there I've done it I yeah. got the t-shirt wow yeah wow. <laughs> so, you know what that, that's that's pretty incredible and I mean I, yeah obviously like like you said you, you'd rather be in, in some smoky jazz club yeah singing the way you really want to sing than to just be all in the glitz and the glam and all that stuff yeah that's that's fantastic actually though i appreciate the hell out of that because i think there's a lot of folks who they get into a opportunity like that and kind of lose themselves a little bit you seem to have a pretty good handle on what you want to do yeah yeah i know exactly i know exactly what i want to do but i don't always know how to get there yeah um and i think you know doing other stuff being 
it's no secret I want to do my my own solo sure. things but doing features and and doing backing some some sometimes is uh I think this just sort of the way I need to go to reach my goals because mm. I gain a lot of experience from um from helping out other artists right right some other people they advise me not to work to not to do backing not to do features not to you know help other people because um they want me to spend time and you spend all my focus on my own main things but but um yeah as mentioned i learn a lot from work, working with other people yeah yeah for sure yeah I, I have a habit of trying to, you know, make correlations between, you know, when I talk to somebody who does something completely different than myself, I, I, I kind of make correlations to mm. uh, the visual arts world. And I think, you know, in a very similar way, when you're working with other artists on, on big walls, like the kind of famous story in the graffiti world, at least for where I'm from, um, one of the best uh, all around best graffiti artists ever um, is a guy called Ease who mm. got famous, you know, on his solo career much, much later than he started painting. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that he had spent so many years working with uh, FX, which is like, at the time, was like the biggest graffiti crew in the world. They were uh. like world famous. They were traveling all over the place. As famous as you can be in graffiti yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. And he was the guy that was doing all of their background, all these characters, all these like really detailed extra elements around the letters and for the people that knew who it was that was doing that stuff you know they were like he was kind of like this unsung hero but the crew got super famous because of what he was bringing to the table mm -hmm. and what their overall you know what their overall work looked like because of his contribution it was amazing then it's sort of you know they had some little split big split i guess and broke away and he just was light years ahead of them like he had so much to offer and a, this huge following all of a sudden hmm. and i think that that's uh that's kind of what happens when you you take the time to like work with other people develop what you do hone your craft support other artists and show that you're a gamer that you're out there to like you know to do it it, not just for yourself, but for other people too. I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And I think that a lot of young artists would benefit from having that mentality of just being like, I'm good at what I do. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to support other artists as well. I'm going to be a part of the community. Mm. And I'm not just on the solo mission for myself. I'm out to like just make good music or make good art or especially for dancers. You know what I mean? Where you're really collaborating with other people on stage all the time. Yeah. I, I think that's important for young artists to, I think so too. to yeah. be willing to take that, that, that road. And I admire you for it because I don't have any doubt you could hold your own as a solo artist mm. for sure. <laughs> That's like not even a question. Oh, so it's just uh, it's it's something to look forward to 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 hear that you're going to be working on uh, on all the solo stuff. Yeah. So keep yeah. it up. <laughs> I will. I promise. And thank you for encouraging me. It's really nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when I first uh, heard you sing. I was kind of shocked because you know I it, it I hadn't really seen uh, Piers live show, mm -mm. and then uh, and he this and that's actually when I met you the first time was he had this whole concept of uh, matching stage clothes, 
and uh, oh, yeah right and yeah we had, we had to like go to h&m and find a yeah find, i like, remember a dress that or yeah something that would fit and actually i found I the dress yesterday did you really yeah, yeah i was cleaning out my closet and then i found it yeah. i get it yeah i i found the stencils the other day actually. <laughs> still, I still wow. have those wow and um and i hadn't really you know i hadn't heard like the whole album or anything my wife knew him from from yulan and knew him from Oz, mm -hmm. but i hadn't like you know, I'd heard like a couple of tracks, but I, didn't, I hadn't heard you sing. Uh -uh. And uh, and then I saw Matthew and, and Chris do like a couple of tracks before. And then when you got on stage and everybody starts clapping and cheering and everything, and then you started singing, I was like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And it's, it's like, it, it, it's almost crazy that that he's got a backup singer that good or that you're you know you're like featuring on some tracks but that like mm. that you're not at the center of the whole thing i was just like <laughs> fuck i mean that's it's seriously i'm not just blowing smoke up your butt like no really 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 good singer thank you um so i'm excited to to see what happens uh what happens next and yeah thanks also we talked a little bit the other day at, at the show, and you said that uh, I don't know if you can't talk about it yet. Or, yeah, or, yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah, just okay. do it. No cool, secrets. Cool. Um, you're working a little bit with uh, with Exemplar. Yeah, I am. Stuff. Yeah, he's great, and I feel like we come from the same background because he's got he's very much into soul and jazz as yeah. well. He's yeah. a really skilled uh, skilled at playing the the piano. Yeah, yeah. And he's a really good producer as well. And it's sort of like the first the first time him and I met talking. Well, actually, let's let's rewind. All right. The first time I thought about doing music with him was when you invited Schools and I <laughs> to your old gallery, yeah. saying that you wanted to have a nice little jazz concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd yeah. like it to you like you'd like Schools and I to to perform. And then, you know, we spoke. This didn't happen, uh, but then we 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 just stayed in contact um and then we spoke together maybe one one or one and a half years later and then we got together in the studio but before hitting the studio we just sat down having a cup of coffee and yeah. then he asked me the most crazy question he said what color is the kind of music that you'd like to that you'd like to make what color what color i've never actually you know huh. i've never thought about any color so i was just thinking 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 and then he said that his color was brown because it's very you know solely and earthy and and now wow. whenever i'm in the studio with him i think of the color brown and somehow that works <laughs> it's wow yeah okay. have you heard about anything like that oh, i don't know do they call it synesthesia or something like that when you can like uh <laughs> you can hear colors or you can <laughs> see sounds or something i, I mean I, I guess there is something about the yeah the 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 way that a certain combination of sounds sort of for some people they visualize something mm -hmm. or they, they have a that's the only way to describe it is it's a color that's um mm -hmm. that's a really interesting question to be asked though and then yeah that actually hearing his answer makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah. exactly because of course the kind of music that he makes and the the yeah just the feel of him playing piano that makes perfect sense actually. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah it does yeah gotham gallery strikes again i'm so glad to hear that uh, <laughs> that's, uh, thank you for the setup yes yes yeah. I'm, I'm just glad to, to hear something's working out because yeah he's a he's a great great musician and and it's actually you know i heard him play piano at the gallery and that that's what gave me the idea because i thought <laughs> like legit jazz singer yeah in, in copenhagen i mean 
I just wanted to go someplace like I wouldn't when I when I lived in New York. You could go out, you could find a piano bar, hear somebody singing, hear somebody playing, and it wasn't like you had to plan for it or buy tickets. You just it would it would be happening every weekend. Even if you wanted to see soul music or funk, I mean, you mm-hmm. could just go down to the village and and there'd be people playing all the time. Yeah. And I was kind of missing that, and I was thinking, man, we got to get a couple of musicians to come down here and, and play. So yeah. I'm looking forward to any live shows that might might happen. Yeah, so am I. So am I. Can work something out. Yeah, but we're still, you know, sort of working on some tracks. But hopefully, maybe next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, I hope so. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll keep our eyes peeled. Keep our yeah. ears peeled for sure. You'll be the first ones to know. Please let me know. <laughs> I'll we'll it up. Yeah. So so you're on tour with Pierre right now, and I think uh, it sounds like it's going pretty good. The yeah. Well. Yeah, I, I, that's how I feel at least. The last time, the last concert we played was uh, it was actually in Roskilde at Gimle, which is one of the smallest venues we'll be we'll be uh, playing at actually on this tour. But it was just amazing. At some point, I felt like I was flying. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was so nice. Yeah. It's really, and the musicians are so skilled, and I love the energy with. Um, with Pia and with the Navion, yeah, yeah. Fufu, I know. Fufu, Fufu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's just, it feels so good. And when I'm standing on that stage with these guys, I realize, you know, what I've been, what I, what I want to do when I grow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really, yeah, it well, all sure. makes sense. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I mean, the, the live show you guys have. I mean, you've been working together for a few years now. Yeah, we have. It, it seems like you've got a really good chemistry, really good. Like exactly. a really good rhythm yeah. to fall into. I, yeah. I, I'm so sorry that I missed the show uh, because of that damn parking attendant. Oh, yeah, that's but, okay. uh, what, what a silly reason to miss a show. <laughs> but um, but I got to hear a little bit of the warm-up and sound checks and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, so I think I'm going to come out to one of the other dates that's yeah. not so far away. Please do. Really. Uh, yeah. Really we might actually set up a concert in Copenhagen on the 23rd of June. 3rd of June. Okay. I'll let you know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Keep me posted because yeah. I, I would love to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a couple of years ago, you also did uh, a track on what I think is one of the craziest albums I've ever heard. Uh, DJ Static did uh, yeah. Poli on the Press, which for those who don't speak Danish means uh, calm under pressure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how how was the how was how was that how was that recording and experience? That was actually a good. That was um, he had he he had sent me the beat. Uh, and I'd had it in my inbox for months, for a really, really long time. And it was just, it was very in your face, sort of like static. Mm, tink, tink, tink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so unlike what I'm used to right, uh, right. to uh, singing on. So I didn't really know how to work around it. And then he he uh, he wrote me one day saying, if you want to be on the album, I, you've got to get cracking because right. I, I, I need the I need the song. And then. Um, I went to a studio in Copenhagen and then I I did something I, I wrote the lyrics and, and uh, I made a very you know nice and soft and solely uh, melody and I sent the track to Static and then he he wrote back saying uh, I like where you're going but I think you need to come to Aarhus and do the vocals again <laughs> oh, yeah wow. then I got to Aarhus <laughs> uh, into his studio and he just well it was actually almost the same melody and the lyrics were the same but he sort of 
I don't know what I don't know what he did actually. He just made me sound differently. Mm. He said, "I know, I know, you can sound a little more rough." I let me hear you scream, and he was just like, "Ah!" Wow. And then I ended up uh, singing it in a very, very different way from the original demo. Wow. Actually, I think I, I like the first demo better, but that, that's just my taste, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, but working with DJ Static was, you know, really big. He's yeah. he's huge. Yeah, he's yeah. really, really talented, and he's so sweet. I really like him. Yeah, yeah for um, sure. So I was... Uh, who, you had, who else was on that? Everybody was on I mean, it was like a gigantic album. It was yeah, like it was. Huge, uh, yeah. All Danish rappers. We were only we were three singers. It was me, Barbara Molejo, just before she broke through. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh, so embarrassing. I don't remember her name. That's too bad because she's really sweet. Oh, I don't remember. We were three girls. Yeah. Oh, I want to remember. She's from Oz. Okay, I hope she's not listening to oh, this. No. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll we'll, uh, we'll look it up and we'll uh, uh, we'll we'll put it on. The, what's her name? We'll definitely link to. <laughs> oh, Marie is something. Um, not Marie. Oh, you got In, me. Just P. Oh, we're looking at the track list right Vigil. now. Uh, she was on one of the one of the biggest um, one of the best songs. Maria Trim. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Marie Tim. Yeah, Marie Tim, the Okay. Marie Tim. Oh, oh, yeah, she, okay. I love that song. Promo, of course, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a really good song. So it was just us girls. And you got to perform on stage. Roskilde Festival. Roskilde. That was huge. <laughs> Playing your own material on Roskilde Festival. It was a legendary concert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was one of the first ones on stage. So after the, after I had done my song, I um, I sat under a table at the stage. Well, it was partly on the stage with one bottle of white wine. Barbara and I were just sitting there enjoying the show, <laughs> having a bottle of wine. <laughs> that was so good. Man. Yeah. On stage at Roskilde. Yeah, it was lovely. It was really... Nothing yeah. compares to to Roskilde, playing yeah. at Roskilde. Yeah, that, that's a that's a crazy crazy festival, uh, and the the volume of it, the the just the sheer magnitude of the crowd is just mind blowing. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to going back. Obviously, the the graffiti project is where I'll be. Yeah, I'll be working. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I, I I have never seen anything like that before in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the amount of people, the energy of that crowd is crazy. That's yeah, absolutely it is. crazy. Yeah, I really want to play there again. I've played there three times actually. <laughs> but yeah, but I want to go again. Actually, actually, last year I thought I was I thought I was going to join Stevie Wonder on the stage, but it did what? it did it didn't happen. Wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I, you know what? I saw a picture of you. Yeah, with Stevie I Wonder. got to meet him after his show. You met Stevie Wonder yeah. after his performance. Yeah, it was amazing. It was. It's a long story. I don't know if I can make it short, but um, Stevie fucking wonder. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I just some way that was actually through Facebook. Some guy uh, who was in Stevie Wonder's crowd. He just texted me on. He wrote me on Facebook asking if I'd like to meet Stevie Wonder when he got to Copenhagen. I said yes, please, sir. I would like to. <laughs> uh, so that's what happened. Uh, I got to meet him after his show, but actually, I had been um, 
I'd been uh, rehearsing a few of Stevie Wonder's songs because you never know what's going to happen. Right, 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 and then right. I thought if if I had gotten the opportunity to meet him before his show, I could have said, "Hey, Stevie, bro, can I join you on the stage?" <laughs> It happened, I, not to me, but it happened last time Stevie played in Denmark. That was in Parken, I think, four years ago. A friend of mine who's a dancer, she was, you know, pulled up on the stage and then she got to dance through one or two whole songs. Wow. So I know he does that sometimes. So I figured, why not just, why not just let me sing? Yeah, just yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Wow. Maybe next time he comes to Denmark, I'm going to, you know, I can't get enough of his music. Yeah, yeah. Wow, he's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah for sure. He really is. He's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, what uh, what kind of stuff would you like to to do in the future? I mean, you know, obviously you're working on some solo material now, but if you had to, if you had like a magic wand and you could, you know, or a crystal ball and you could see, you know, where your career heads, where would what would you like to see in that crystal ball? <sighs> It's tricky because I've never. It's not so much. It's not so much the um, the fame and the fortune. That's it's not. That's not too interesting. I just want to be able to um, write songs, perform, sing, and share them with people. And of course, I'd like to stand on huge stages. But if, but it's not you know the most important things. Uh, the most important thing. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, you know, major stages in, in the States. Um, just playing your music in Denmark is fine as well. Yeah. I just want I just want to get it out because I've recorded two albums and I I think that more people need to listen to it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, but as a child I had two big dreams, two sort of goals. The first one was to become a mother, and the other one was to become Whitney Houston. <laughs> But now that Whitney Houston, you know, she's yeah, not, yeah, she's not say, doing yeah, that well yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> well, she's not here anymore. Um, yeah. So what you know, I, I'd like to become a big star, but but not. Um, I don't want the paparazzi following following me around everywhere. I don't right. want I don't want all the downsides of fame. I yeah. just want to play my music. Right. Yeah. Have Have you thought about um, trying to do some shows outside of Denmark, like maybe even going to a place like New York or LA and and, and just trying it out, get yeah. on stage, see what happens? Yeah, I'd really like to do that. Yeah. yeah. And I think I am going to do it. It's just um, you know I keep waiting for the for the For the perfect material, I keep, you know, I keep thinking, well, if I, if I wait another year, I'll be even better. I'll have even better songs, and I'll be even more, you know, ready for it. Right. Which is a bad thing because sometimes you just need to do it. Well, sometimes yeah, you have to just uh, yeah, you have to put yourself out there and, and see what happens. Yeah. But like, I mean, if if okay, if it was. You know, if I had anything to do with it, I would say like go to New York right now and <laughs> like get on stage at like I don't know Cafe Wa or something. Yeah, you kill them. You'd kill them. You think so? Definitely, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. You'd kill them and and you'd meet people right off the bat. And there's a whole lot of musicians that are they're they're doing exactly what you just said. Yeah, you know, they're playing shows. They're performing in front of people. They're staying, you know, they're, they're just keeping sharp. Yeah. And they're staying out there and they're putting the music out there. And 
and I mean, I, I think you should really, you should do it. Yeah. I, I, I think for folks that haven't heard you sing, like, all they need to do is hear it once and they'll agree. Aww, I think, I yeah. think for sure. I hope so. Yeah. It's just, I've, I've never actually been to, uh, to, uh, to New York or the States. So I just keep thinking maybe it's a jungle over there and there are thousands of girls who do exactly what I do. So Let me go ahead and confirm that for you. Yeah. It is a jungle. Yeah. It's a big, huge, you know, competitive place. So what have you got to lose? You know, I mean, it's... Mm, it's yeah. uh, it, The way that... I mean, for, for people that move to New York and they got a dream and they want to make it big, Mm. There's a lot of people that they try their hand at it and they don't make it. I mm. believe me, I've seen it happen. I've seen kids come and go really fast. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's every once in a while somebody does make it. What you don't hear enough about though is all the people who don't make it huge, but they still make it. Yeah. They still get in there. They get something accomplished. They get to a point where they're practicing. They're working. Mm. And you know they might not be super famous outside of new york city but being well known in new york city that's a pretty big that's local something scene. Yeah. yeah 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 for sure yeah you know, and, and i think that's sort of where the like if you got to be famous in new york city like that's kind of like being famous everywhere because word spreads you know mm -hmm. a place like that you get to you know have your name attached to that city whatever local scenes going on there could be anything skateboarding to dance to i mean you could be a street artist you could be a i don't know a tap dancer if you can get into the scene in new york psh, i mean that's that's such a huge huge plus yeah and even if you don't make it huge like just to try it out you'll learn from from the experience of yeah. it as well yeah for sure yeah but i need to go yeah you, you gotta, gotta go. go yeah go i will this september do it i will Awesome. <laughs> promise you, you recorded it now I've got now, to go. now everybody's heard you say it I yeah. you have to do it <laughs> I'm coming for you New York there you go there you go uh, I, I actually like um, I mean since I grew up I grew up near New York City and mm. I haven't been living there for, for five five and a half almost six years and a lot of the I think the advantages I had when I came here were a direct result of the amount of competition I had to deal with just yeah. being in that environment because it's, uh, you know, it's vicious. You know, New York City is rough, man. It's yeah. like there's millions of people. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, eight and a half million people live in New York City. When the commuters come in and all the tourists come in, I mean, there's like 17, 18 million people inside the city in the course of a day. You're competing for everything. You're competing for a space on the sidewalk. You're competing for air. You're competing yeah. for food. I mean, it's just everything is a constant competition. Just trying to get a place on the subway at uh, rush hour. Yeah. You know, you feel like they can't possibly fit any more people in that train, and then they squeeze twenty five <laughs> more in there. It's yeah. craziness. It's yeah. complete craziness. But I, I, I think that experience made me a better visual artist. Yeah. Um, because you know, for one thing, it sharpened me. Mm. It made me feel like more confident because I had I survived it. You know, it's like such a brutal world. It's the they call it the belly of the beast. I mean, and if you can survive that, you could just go anywhere. Yeah. And I was never really a confident person. Mm -hmm. I learned how to say no in New York. You know, mm. I was tested. Yeah. And I think that's something that for any artist to to go through that, to experience that, and to survive it, even if it's just for a short time. It's totally worth it. Yeah. yeah. It's totally worth it. Yeah. And I'm hoping actually to to go back home and uh, and do some some work this year because 
you know, I kind of miss it. And I feel like I've been in Denmark for a few years and I'm calming down a little yeah. too much, get a little yeah. soft. I, I got to go sharpen up, get my edge back. Yeah. But, Maybe uh, I should join you. But what you just described is just the complete opposite of where I come from. Because as mentioned, <laughs> right, and which right. is which is both good and bad. Probably primarily bad. But I'll, I'll, explain, no, 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 I'll, no. I'll explain why. I came, from, you know, I'm. I come from this tiny little town in um, in Yulan, and uh, I'm, I was the only one who was into music. The only one who was singing. And, well, yeah, there were a few other girls or boys who liked singing, but. Excuse me, Yen and Lo, no matter what, I was always the best. I was miles ahead of them. I was, you know. There you yeah, go. yeah. And then I um I got to Copenhagen and then I felt, okay, I need to uh, there are a few, you know, I need to compete a bit, but still I am I am quite good. Nice. Um and being the best always in my childhood and in my teenage years mm. sort of made me it didn't make me lazy, but it You know, I learned that I didn't have to struggle that much. I've never, and I'm so sorry about this right now, but I, I've never actually rehearsed until I think I started rehearsing, practicing four years ago or something. That's when I learned that you don't you don't gain success just from you know, like you know, chilling around. Right. And that was that's a very important lesson. I remember my parents telling me as a child, you need to you need to you know take your uh, You need to rehearse and you need to become better. But I, I didn't really want to do it because, you know, I, I knew how to do it already. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes, even though it was nice to stay in a small community and always be the best. And, you know, I gained so much confidence from that because no matter what, I could do it. But uh, now that I'm grown, I sort of regret not listening to my parents hope my father is listening to this right now <laughs> he'll be so proud yeah yeah, yeah. I, i i can relate exactly to to what you're talking about because i think i had a very very similar situation in my hometown yeah like, i didn't grow up in new york city i grew up north of new york city yeah a small town called kingston there's like 30,000 people yeah but it's an hour and a half drive to the biggest city in the country uh -huh. like the the mecca of all things cultural musical art whatever yeah and in my small hometown i was one of the best graffiti artists for sure mm. at times i felt like i was the best mm. i wouldn't brag about it but in my in my heart in my head i was like yeah i'm, I'm the best at this right now mm. i had that i had that confidence mm. and i didn't feel what it was like to not be the best until i went somewhere where there were people way better than me yeah and the, the thing that that makes me think of people I know back home who never left. They stayed there. Mm. And they might be, you know, top dog at whatever in that small town. And they're afraid to leave the comfort zone of of being like the best in that circle. Yeah. That could happen to you in Copenhagen. That could happen to you in any place where if you're not challenged, then then yeah, you, there's 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 a limitation on how much progress you'll make. Mm -hmm. You won't get hungry. You and sure enough, like when you're not hungry, you can watch what happens. There's always going to be somebody younger, somebody newer, somebody that's got that whatever it is. They they got that taste and they want it, mm. and they eat people for breakfast. You know, yeah. there's always people out there like that because there's there's going to be a certain amount of time where you know whoever gets the best at something, they're going to be the best for a while. But mm. you know, I mean, you could you could look at 
even fighting is a great example as well. You know, top fighters, they're championship for a while, but eventually somebody somebody comes and takes that seat. Yeah. You have to challenge yourself. Yeah, you, you do. Gotta, you got to put yourself out there. Yeah. You got to see what you're made of and, and yeah, put yourself in situations where it forces you to work. You yeah. get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I mean, for like what you're saying about knowing that you're good at what you do, but but not realizing that you needed to work hard at that. I mean, mm. imagine what it would be like if you were working as hard as you possibly could the whole time. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- then what would happen? Yeah. Look out. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I learned that now, and now I am really struggling. I'm rehearsing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. But I need to go to New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Settle. I, I think New York would love you. For sure. I know I would love New York. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy experience. Who was I just talking to that had, uh, they had stayed there for, no, uh, okay, it was, a, it was a dancer, it was in D.C., not New York. But mm. uh, same same experience, you know, yeah. getting outside of Denmark, getting outside of Copenhagen, getting away from all the familiar stuff. Exactly. And just being in this new environment. I think it's so interesting when I see some of the people I've gotten to know in the last, uh, you know, three, four years, uh, go to the States, you know, kind of do the opposite of what I did. People ask me all the time, like, well, you moved to Copenhagen. Well, why would you want to be here and not back there? And yeah. oh, I like it here. But <laughs> but to see other people from Denmark go and have some success and and, uh, and learn and develop and grow, I mean, I think that's uh, that's an amazing experience. It's interesting for me to see it from that perspective of, like, having come from those places and seeing uh-huh. what, it, what it does to artists, so... Yeah. If you decide you want to go spend some time, let me know. I'll I'll make some phone calls and some emails and and see who who we can get to put you up and get Thanks. you started over there. Yeah, yeah, you got you got something special, so you gotta you gotta put it out there. Yeah, I want it. Thank you. <laughs> Man, uh. Well, for for younger musicians, like uh, this is something I like to ask. Um, you know, somebody like yourself, you're already getting established. You've you know played huge stages. You have played. Ross Kilda, you've played Eurovision Song Contest already. Mm. How do you beat the nerves? How do you how do you deal with what what that situation does to people when you get out there and there's this massive, massive crowd? What do you do? I don't know. Yeah, uh, sometimes I ask myself the same question, but I don't actually get nervous. Uh, no not really I get the butterflies which is really nice yeah. I get the excitement but the only when I, I only get nervous when I'm going to um, to rehearsals with new people who I don't know if I don't if you know if I haven't learned my my parts probably I can get nervous because there's a chance or a risk that I might fail mm. but when I'm going to enter a stage I know everything by heart and there is you know the the only thing that could happen would be if I if I fell or something or if the sound was not if there was something wrong with an error with my microphone or maybe my in ear monitors. But you, I'm always very very calm when I when I enter the stage and it's like it feels way better standing on the stage than walking around. Mm. Yeah, I just I love it and when I'm on the stage, it feels just the way it has to feel. So. Wow. I, I, I don't actually get nervous. That's crazy. Only, you know, sort of happy uh, excitement. Wow. Yeah. Okay, because I, I would, 
I would collapse of, of fear, I think, in a stage that big. Yeah, but I just, think it's like, this. you know, when I'm about to enter a stage, I'm about to go in and sing, and singing is what I do the best. Right. So, right. yeah. yeah so, so you're going to your... Yeah. This is sort of like my area, my main thing. That's your element. So there's nothing to be nervous about. So I, 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 sometimes I can be more nervous when I have to meet someone, you know, new or, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm thinking of just the, the immensity of a crowd that big the, 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 one of the reasons I asked that question is I had uh, an experience uh, about a week and a half ago mm. where I got really nervous it was a feeling I hadn't felt since I was a kid uh-huh. and uh, that I, I was asked to, uh, to to paint some graffiti live yeah and I was prepared for it and I you know I had I've done a lot of graffiti i've been painting with spray paint for like 20 years this is not anything new to me uh-huh. and uh and it wasn't even that big of a crowd it was probably a couple hundred people it wasn't that big mm-hmm. and like it, it was literally like i didn't have control of my body wow. and i like couldn't turn around i couldn't look at the crowd the marker i was using like the tip popped off and oh. it was like paint went everywhere it was just, <laughs> like, just it was a complete catastrophe um and, and I, I it was like all of the uh, the confidence i had about you know what i can do what i'm capable of mm-hmm. it, it's like i was in somebody else's body or something oh, yeah. yeah and and i and i'm wondering you know for somebody like you that that goes onto these enormous stages and you you can't sing with your back to the crowd like i have an excuse to have my back to the crowd i'm painting something <laughs> you know? but like you actually have to turn around hit a note hit a lot of notes uh, remember the words yeah. i mean so you don't get nervous at all that that's amazing yeah that- yeah well i do you know i do get nervous but i think it's a positive thing yeah the moment that you feel nothing whatsoever i think you need to quit because you still need to have some you know respect for the audience right you need to uh, be excited if you feel nothing at all it's dangerous yeah i think so yeah 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 that that makes perfect sense yeah yeah there's a certain amount of um yeah healthy anxiety right exactly that was the word i was looking for yeah Yeah. sure of course you should feel that Mm -hmm. because it's not like you're you know just sitting on your couch like you should feel like you're about to do something Mm -hmm. yeah exactly but I, yeah, I, I was, I like literally, I haven't felt like that since I was maybe eleven years old. But how did you handle it? Did you did oh, you survive it? it? You oh, blew I, it. I completely blew it. I mean, I, I finished the painting, and yeah. you know, I did what I was supposed to do, but I was so dissatisfied at the end of it. I just felt like what a what a letdown, you know, for for all this, uh, you know, weeks of preparation and thinking about it and going over it in my head. I'm gonna do this and. Oh. thinking oh I, I, okay I've, I've got the plan I'm going to do it it's all going to be good now and it just uh, it just completely fell apart so, but how about the audience because I bet they liked it didn't they I don't know okay I, I, I what I've been told is that people liked it and thought it was interesting and thought you know I mean I, I was just so consumed with my own dissatisfaction with the experience yeah. that I, I didn't enjoy it, so I couldn't imagine anybody else enjoying no. it. But uh, but maybe so. I know that feeling as well. Yeah. Actually, on on one of the Pervert shows last week, 
I uh, I had been somewhere else. I'd been I, I had been singing at uh, at a funeral oh, wow. uh, a couple of hours before the show, so I sort of had that in my body, mm. and I had to rush to get to to the venue where we were to play with Perez. So I didn't actually I didn't I didn't ever get to the zone, uh, and I don't know how to reach that zone. I, I just know I need to relax and I need to set my mind on on mm. the on the gig that we're that we're going to play. Uh, and I never really got there, so it sort of ruined my concert. Wow! I I play I I sang everything. I just didn't enjoy it as much as wow. I as I do usually. And then uh, afterwards, a friend of mine she she was at the concert, and then she she came over saying, "Hey, that was good," and I didn't believe her at all. Right? Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, yeah. But I'm sure she did enjoy it because you know it it was all right. But I I just didn't enjoy it. It was. It was not fun at all. Yeah, 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 yeah but yeah. it doesn't have to ruin the experience for the audience. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the thing to try to to keep in mind that you you might be struggling, but yeah, not everybody's struggling. Yeah. Exactly. You might, you might yeah. still get through it. Exactly. Uh, I I I really like uh, I like the music scene. I love what you guys are doing. I love the whole, the whole mixed ape uh, crew. That's that's like yeah. family for me. I, I really I love seeing you guys perform, and um, so I'm I'm. I'm sort of inspired by that energy, that 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 buzz that you're able to create in a live show when people mm. are the anticipation from the crowd and the, the to, to that level of excitement is I think what every visual artist wants to get out of out of the people who look at their their paintings. Mm. But paintings don't make any noise, you know. They they just they're kind of there and you don't get to choose how long they should pay attention to you know the painting no. is just it's on the wall you can stare at it for an hour you can stare at it for two seconds you can ignore it completely yeah and and so i've I've been dying to figure out like how do you get people to be that engaged as they are when they they see you sing or they see pivas rapping or like how how could a visual artist translate what they do into that kind of experience, you know, that kind of exciting wow. environment. Yeah. That's a tricky question. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm yeah. talking about trying to uh, create some kind of um, some kind of live performance. And so this was my little experiment a couple yeah. of weeks ago and it was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know if I can really do it, but um, maybe if I was in better shape and I could paint a lot faster, I don't know, yeah. do some do some tricks on stage. I think actually when I'm uh, when I'm in the audience watching a concert, the thing that of course it's important that the songs and the music is good, but what um, sort of captures me the most is seeing the artist being in it you know really enjoying it right so perhaps when uh when you did that uh, painting thing and you felt like it failed and you think that the audience didn't like it maybe it's be because they sort of read your body language yeah, and yeah. they saw oh, your frustration I'm sure I'm yeah sure they did yeah i mean i couldn't hide it i didn't no. even attempt to no. i was like naked you know it was just like oh this isn't going well and you can all see it it's clearly <laughs> not going well i'm not hiding <laughs> no so but uh, yeah, maybe maybe a bit of rehearsal would have helped. I thought I had rehearsed enough, but uh, <laughs> it's not the same in my backyard. No, no. I mean, it's, no. It's you should invite a bunch of us to come and see you in your, in your backyard, so you could sort of rehearse in front of people who you know. You know what? That that brings me to a very interesting idea. Uh, you remember the B Boy Barbecue a couple of years back? I don't know if it, I don't know if you actually I, got to go. No, I didn't actually, no. but I remember it. 
Well, the the way that that whole thing originally started was back in Philadelphia, and the guy that started it, as opposed to graffiti, legendary graffiti writer, mm-hmm. he did exactly that. He just had a bunch of people come to his backyard for a barbecue. Yeah. Played some music, had a couple little pieces of wood set up for people to paint graffiti on, and that's all it was. And people had so much fun at that barbecue that it turned into an event. Yeah. We've been wanting to throw that event for a couple of years now, get it back up and running again, and maybe that's just exactly what we need to do. Yeah. It's just like uh, have a bunch of people over. Do it. Cook some food. You know, yeah. Throw some music on. Yeah. Let the let the poppers pop. Let the breakers break. You know, put a couple yeah. walls up for the people to, to paint on. And just, you know, just keep it like local. Just a few heads. Yeah. And, um... We and, should do that. And see what happens. Yeah. 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 I know where to do it. You know where to do yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. All right, we have to talk after this. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk after this show. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I think we're going to wrap up in a couple of minutes here. Mm-hmm. But um, where can uh, where can people follow you? And uh, You're on Facebook? Yeah, I am. You got a Facebook page. We'll link to... Um, Facebook. How, yeah. how, how, how can we reach you? On Facebook.com slash IOAngelicum. And right. IO is spelled A Y O E. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm on Instagram as well. Okay. And I do have a YouTube channel, which is where I'm, I'll be posting some of my videos right. when I get them. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And I hope people will be paying attention. Yes. I'll be paying attention. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be sharing and linking and all of that. Oh, that's so great. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Chris stepped out. We were supposed to end the show right now. <laughs> we can't because I don't know how to turn off the microphone. <laughs> we'll call it uh, a wrap right there. Yeah. Kyle, thank you very much. Thank for you. Us on mic check. Thank we you. will uh, we'll catch you in a little while, folks. Our next guest is a very cool guy called Yaron Sweets, and he'll be talking all about something called the chant. So. We'll hear, we'll hear a little bit more about that later. But I am. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks Thank you so much. Bye. We'll see you soon. <laughs> peace. Yeah. Peace.